uh, conspiracy theories he was talking about that we that Republicans to you know buy into this stuff. But I want to play a clip from Adam Schiff talking of that you were one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So play this clip here. Sadly, here we have all too many members of Congress willing to prostrate themselves before the executive and give him anything he wants. You want to name names uh, which members of Congress are in this cult-like group that, you, uh, that you're uh, suggesting? Well, you know, the, the four horsemen of this apocalypse uh, have been uh, Devin Nunes and Trey Gowdy, and Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan. They have been leading the charge basically to require the Justice Department to give them materials that can be leaked or fed or misrepresented like the infamous Nunes memorandum in the service of the president. Interesting comments from Mr. Schiff. Um, Mr. Gowdy, how many times have you met and interacted uh, with Donald Trump? I've never met President Trump, never had a conversation with him. I, I do want to get struck and painted in a second, but, but Jason, initially I took that as a compliment. I'm a huge Ric Flair fan, so anytime somebody says you're part of the Four Horsemen, I thought it was a compliment. It was my wife who later said, I think he's talking about those four guys from the Book of Revelation. So that's not a compliment. Woo! It is Friday, July 6, 2018, and you are tuned into Season 2, Episode 27 of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by TheGorillaPosition.com and presented by Hameen Media. On today's show, we're talking some news from around the globe, this week in WWE, and a preview of New Japan Pro Wrestling's G1 special from San Francisco. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to remind you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks, email us at Hitting the Marks at gmail.com my name is jargo i will be your host for the day i'm joined as always alongside my tag team partner the old g of the huckleberry club huckleberry number one another year older and none the wiser rbv once again happy belated birthday and welcome back to your show it's me it's me it said r the b to the v Jargo, happy birthday to you, belated birthday to you as well, man. How how was your day with the family and all that? My day was awesome, man. We did a whole lot of nothing. It was fantastic, just the way I like it. Just there the way go, I just, like it. Just sitting back and enjoying good company. You know, as we were getting ready to go on the air here, we had a, a, a little bit, a few technical difficulties, uh, mainly my keyboard going down, uh, some problems with your interface, but... What kind of made it all better is I'm sitting here scrolling through Facebook, and, uh, and uh, such a great memory popped up that Facebook wanted me to share with everyone. I think I'm going to go ahead and hit sh- to reshare this, but it goes all the way back to July 6, 2016, and it seems so long ago, but it is a classic brought to you from AJ Styles. It's a meme. Hashtag beat up John Cena. Hashtag beat up John Cena. So I, I'm going to hit share on that thing right now. It's one of, one of the best things AJ has done since he's been in the WWE. Hashtag beat up John Cena. I absolutely love that whole angle. God, they had some good matches together. God, they had some good matches together. Oh, and now, just to further the technical difficulties, 
Uh, my keyboard on my phone does not want to work, so <laughs> I oh, cannot well. share that now. Yes, yes. Uh, technology not with us today here inside the locker room studios, but you know, we've got a show to do. So, so I guess let's do a show. But before we jump into wrestling stuff, Rick, this is really the first chance that I've uh, I've had a chance to talk to you about it. LeBron James is a Laker. What is the feeling in the land? Hey, you know, going in, we knew he was leaving. It was kind of like that breakup. Uh, you. you could, you're hoping maybe there's a chance to save the relationship, but you're pretty sure they're gone. So it, it really is not that bad up in the Cleveland area. I, I'm not there right now. I'm in Southern Ohio, uh, but I was there when the news dropped that he was, that he was leaving. I, I've been in contact, uh, especially with our, with our boy two times uh, with Johnny, who is, uh, is he better? He, he's, he's been bitter for a long time, uh, but <laughs> is he bitter at LeBron or is he bitter at Dan Gilbert? No, I no, I think it's more towards LeBron. I think he's almost, I don't know if it's true happiness or if it's just like, well, I'm better off without that girl, you know, kind of breakup thing with him. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but Hey, but you know, Hey, this opens up a lot of cap space. So they have uh, Gilbert has promised. They're not going to blow the team up. They're going to keep trying to move forward. And, and I guess now the, the best hope that we have in the land is that Kyrie might come back. Oh, come on. Come on. That, that is that is the hope now. He's already made it clear he doesn't want to go back to Boston. What? Uh, so, so now that LeBron's gone, he could come and reclaim his team. I heard that Kyrie Irving wants to be a New York Nick. How happy would that make Big Ray Hernandez if Kyrie Irving became a New York Nick? Hey, here's the biggest signing I'd like to see that come to Cleveland. I'm hoping that the Sixers can't get a deal done and we just get J.J. Redick. I will personally be happy about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big J.J. fan. I'm a big J.J. fan. Of course, for me, being a Lakers fan um, of, of, of a little bit different breed, I'm not real happy about this. I'm not real happy about this. I, I, I have dubbed this hashtag Lakers held hostage. We are now on day six. Day six of Lakers held hostage. That's, that's pretty much where I feel. You know, one thing... Even if it, I know you're not really happy about having him there, but you're LeBron. Of, of course, you know you're going somewhere. You're trying to to chase rings. You've got him. You've had all these other additions. How are you feeling about all the signings they're moving towards? Uh, man, you know what? The one that really burned me was Rondo. I hate that guy. I hate that guy. Well, at least he only signed a one year. Yes, thank God, it's only a one year deal. It's only a one year deal. I don't know. I I, I I've gotten to the point. Where uh, I, I feel the same way about LeBron James as I do about Donald Trump. That's that's pretty much how I feel about it now. Um, I, I I don't like Donald Trump. Um, I I think he's a complete asshole. Um, but that said, hey, if that's the con- if that's the direction you know the country wants to go, then hey, go Trump. You know, hey, I'm not a LeBron fan. I don't really like the guy. I think he's incredibly overrated. But hey, he's a Laker now, so I guess fucking. Cole LeBron. Well, you know, like one of the things there, it, it's obviously he's chasing championships now. He's so worried about that part of his legacy. But, you know, to me, why go to L.A.? I mean, I get the it's that L.A. vibe. It's it's the, the showtime. It's one of the premier teams in the league. Uh, he wants to get them back to, you know, where the Lakers should be. But when you're talking about legacy, I mean, that's always going to be Magic's and Kobe's franchise. Oh, yeah, man. He's, he's, I, I think LeBron's moving into the retirement home. Uh, I, I, I think LeBron is, uh, he's setting himself up for after basketball. 
Um, his wife is a fashion designer. Would you rather be in Akron, Ohio or Los Angeles, California? His, his kid's going to be playing AAU ball this year. Would you rather be in Akron, Ohio or Los Angeles, California? I, I, I think this, this is a bigger picture thing for him. Right. Do you think there's anything to uh, the rumor out there that Magic could promise to draft his son when he's available? Eh, I, so that they could, because, you know, realistically, I mean, it's, that could tell me like four years away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's possible, man. I, it's possible. Uh, what, what do you make of the Alonzo uh, Ball story? Did you hear this one? Uh, the, the, the report coming out, I was going to say, which one, uh, the report coming out that Lonzo ball has uh, injured his knee. And, uh, now, now the report is coming out that Lonzo ball is fine. And, and we're pretty sure that, uh, LeVar ball leaked this story to the media so that, uh, teams would, uh, quit talking trade when it comes to Lonzo. Oh, this guy's, this guy's a horse's ass, man. He's trying to work everybody. Well, I was going to say, you know, just for the, the whole big baller brand, right? That's their brand. Yeah. Did you see where they tried doing like a, like a, I don't know if it was like a globe trotters or a big three kind of show like that. They rented out an arena, uh, 10,000 seats, you know, not, not like all in where we're going to be with some big news broke on that this last there yep. last couple of days. We'll talk about that uh, here in just a second. You know, not like Starcast and all that. We're we're gonna be, but they had a. They also tried selling ten thousand tickets, and like in forty eight hours, you only sold like sixty seven. <laughs> that oh, tickles me. That tickles me. I might be a Lakers fan, but you know what? Fuck Lavar Ball. Fuck that guy. I I just don't like him. Don't like him. Uh, let, let let's uh let's stick in uh, Southern California. Let's talk a little bit of all in. Rick, our boy, Scorpio Sky, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, SCU is all in. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I, I'm going to say, you know, that 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 was a huge pop moment. You set me in that graphic. You, you're the one that let me in on that one. Was very, very excited. Uh, those guys are going to bring so much to this show. You know, with some of the talent actually get picked up by WWE, having to leave was a little disappointing. This is a huge, uh, I guess, I don't want to say they're making up for it, but this is a, a huge game changer. Yeah, I thought this was big. I thought this was big. I When we had Scorpio on the show, I asked him, hey, man, are you guys going to be all in? And he was, I don't know. I was like, oh, he's going to be all in. He's going to be all in. Of course, SCU has to be all in. I mean, they're one of the biggest stars of being the elite right now. But, but as big as that was. That's not the biggest news for All In. Well, there's there's two other big pieces of news here. While SCU is All In, it sounds as though Rey Mysterio may be all out. Reports are flying that Rey Mysterio has re-signed with the WWE. It's going to be a two-year deal, and it is going to take effect the 1st of August. And there is now fear growing that Rey Mysterio will be all out. Wow, you know, that is that is a big game changer. We had talked about this a couple of times. I, I wonder if it's just because, you know, I, I wonder if he'll still be available to work the event, but because of it being streamed or televised, it's going to cancel out that portion of it. But I wonder if we'll see, still see him at, like, meet and greets or maybe off, ca- off camera or something like that. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense, kind of like he did at Strong Style Evolved when he was advertised and got injured. I could see that happening. Right. It just it seems like Ray's one of those guys that would try to honor those commitments. 
And then we have our first, well, not our first, I guess this is technically our second major match announcement, but the first of the new batch of match announcements, the villain, Marty Skrull, taking on the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. Dude, I don't know who to pull for in this match. This is going to be interesting. I'm, dude, this is a dream match, at least, at least for a mark like me. This is a dream match. Well, I, I immediately when I saw this thing, when you sent me this, I was like, oh, he, he's on cloud nine now. This, this is like his main event. This is Jargo's main event of all in. Yeah, totally it is. But you talk about, you know, the drastic, just, you know, the, that big guy versus little guy. Yeah, I'm fascinated at how this match is going to be booked. Absolutely fascinated. Man, this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting. How do you see this thing going down? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think a lot of it's gonna depend on whatever kind of creative there is going into it. But I'm fascinated at the possibilities of of, of what could go on here. And then I I kind of want to segue into this one too. Marty Skrull. I don't know if you caught this one. Marty Skrull was announced for the Jericho Cruise, and he is going to be taking on your boy Sammy Callahan. On the Jericho cruise, Marty Skrull getting some feature matches here, man. Man, elevating his game. I'll tell you what I would really like to see somewhere down the line is is Sammy and Marty as a as a team together. Man, if there was ever somebody for the villain club, it is absolutely Sammy Callahan. I don't know. I don't know if those two guys would get along or not. Sammy seems way too serious and Marty seems a little too goofy. I don't know, but between the two of those with their acts, I, th- I think they would be pretty entertaining together. What's what's the odds that one of these two is going to be literally thrown off of the boat during this match? Uh, I put money on it right now. <laughs> one of these two are going into the ocean. One of these two will be thrown off of the Jericho's, literally. Uh, let's let's uh, segue a little if, if bit. I, if I had, if I had to picture it, I could probably see Marty. I think Marty's the one taking the swim. I, I, no, I think he takes a swim because I could just see just the pure you know comic gold with him like in a little dinghy trying to catch up to the boat. Man, speaking of Sammy Callahan, I was catching up on some Lucha Underground, and uh, the the episode of Lucha Underground last week, Eva Lee returned uh, with a hammer. And she then proceeded to introduce that hammer to Sammy Callahan's head. It was very bloody and very entertaining. If you enjoy that sort of thing. And then she threw him in a coffin and closed it. And a bunch of like creepy Mexicans and like the Dia de los Mertos uh, face paint all came out and carried the coffin away. Freaking creepy shit, man. God bless Lucha Underground. God bless Lucha Underground. Uh, let, let, let's, uh, let's shift a little bit to NXT because I'm, I'm intrigued for your thoughts here. I sent you this promo, uh, Rick, what the hell is going on with Johnny Gargano? Well, I think we're just, we're getting, uh, an evolution, correct? Like a transformation a little bit. I'm afraid that Johnny Gargano is turning into Eddie Edwards. Going towards the crazy side. Yes. Yes, very much so. Did you uh, did you have a chance to see Gargano versus EC3 this week? Uh, I saw bits and pieces of it. I, I saw that I went over to um, WWE's YouTube page and got some highlights of it. Uh, so as you're watching this match, at a certain point, 
a, a switch goes off in Johnny Gargano's head, and all of a sudden he turns into Tommaso Ciampa. He just starts beating the ever-loving piss out of EC3. Uh, he's throwing him in the Gargano escape. EC3's in the ropes. Gargano's not breaking the hold. Holds it until about four and a half. Let's go with the hold. And then puts it back on and waits for about another four and a half. Goes over, drops the knee pad, just like Ciampa. Knees EC3 in the head, just like Ciampa. Gives him the draping DDT into the ring, just like Ciampa. Like, something is very, very seriously wrong with Johnny Gargano. Do you think this is going to work? Because even, you know... No, I hate it. Well, what you... (laughs) Like, you even see with, with like... You know, he lost that last match to... Chapa, uh, Candice is going off and doing her own thing now, or she's made it clear that, you know, she wants to focus on going after the NXT women's championship. Uh, does he just feel completely like he's lost everything? Yeah, he has completely snapped. He has completely snapped. Now, I, I know you don't like it from, uh, as a fan of Johnny wrestling, but do you see it working overall? from just a creative standpoint. Unfortunately, what I'm afraid is going to happen, and it was also announced on this week's NXT, in three weeks, we are going to get Tommaso Ciampa versus Aleister Black. And I am scared that what is going to happen is Aleister Black is going to be standing in the ring, and out is going to come Tommaso Ciampa, and then Johnny Gargano is going to attack Tommaso Ciampa from behind, and it's going to be the whole thing all over again which is the same way that we got to Chicago. What I'm wondering though, is this going to lead to a triple threat in Brooklyn? Wow. You know, like, Hey, you're, you're the man you, you are, this is NXT. You've been looking for something that elevates black's title reign because he's always second fiddle to what we've got going on with Chapa and Gargano. What if we involve him in it? I was going to say, is that the answer? I mean, but would it be enough because he hasn't had that personal feud? If you insert him here, is it, is it really doing, you know, any credit to his title reign or is it just acknowledging, all right, he is behind these guys. He needs this. I think it's also a matter of who comes out on top. Like if black retains, I think that's a huge statement win for Alistair Black. That's the kind of win that you can look back on a couple of years from now and say, you know, yeah, maybe the Alistair Black title reign started slow, but boy, when he had that triple threat in Brooklyn, like I could see that happening. I I think more so though, when you're telling that story, you really have to make it about him going over both of those two. It can't be okay, he sur- it can't be one of those he survived or he just won this thing and there's more of a story going between Gargano and Ciampa, but it has to be firmly known this is Black's moment. Now, the unfortunate part of that is if Alistair Black goes over, then you're still left with Gargano and Ciampa in the same place that they have been f- for what, seven months now? What if this whole thing, you know, you, the way you laid it out, you continue between, between, uh, DIY. What if this somehow brings them back together? That could be interesting. That could be interesting. Uh, the other thing I was thinking was what if this leads to war games? Team Gargano versus team Champa. 
Because that's the next one after Brooklyn, right? That would be the next one, yeah. It, well, and then the way they've reinvented their war games, three teams, so it could have been Team Black in there as well. Ooh, that's possible. That's possible. Or perhaps the Undisputed Era finds their way into that as the defending war games champions. Well, it, it is, it is you said, going all the way back to the last time, Hopefully this doesn't turn into one of those where, okay, it's it's Survivor Series NX or uh, TakeOver time. We have to just figure out something. They need to make sense why all the teams involved or all the participants have something at stake. Yeah. Yeah. That could be interesting. Did you like the triple threat war games? Or would you rather that they go back to the just two teams going at it war games? I, I, I'm still a fan of the traditional but with that being said, I, I really enjoyed the way they did it. You know, I, I went in there thinking they were going to totally, totally botch the thing. It wasn't going to be entertaining at all. They, they surprised the hell out of me. I, I enjoyed the match, but I'm still, I'm still, I still even want the roof on the thing. Cause I just love the, cause you know, I'm an old school guy, I'm a traditionalist in that yeah. way. Yeah. I'm with you. I like the old format too. I like the old format too. So uh, let, let's uh, let's jump into the uh, WWE stuff, and then we'll do for segment two. We'll do the New Japan preview. Uh, right off the top, I actually have Raw ratings now, um, Raw ratings and SmackDown ratings. And here's a big surprise: they are not good. They are not good at all. Uh, breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. But I mean, like. This is drastic, dude. Uh, so Monday Night Raw, 1.8. Down from a 1.9 last week. 1.97 two weeks ago. SmackDown Live. Are you ready for this one? 1.45. Down from 1.54 last week. And a 1.63 two weeks ago. Barely cracking 2 million viewers. Hey, WWE, maybe get your shit together because when you put out crap programming, guess what? Nobody's going to watch it. I, I was going to say, I was this week going, in, going into this segment, I'll admit, I was on uh, the fast forward for both shows. I wa- how much do you think where the holiday fell that it affected this thing? I, I, come on. It was, it was on the, the what? The second and third? Right, so you had that Wednesday, but were people just like in different modes? Or this is a big vacation week for a lot of people. I don't know. know. I mean, it was still the number two show on cable. You know, even even at a one point four five, everything's down. Everything's down. Right. But man, one point four five. Whew, that's rough. Well, that's rough. I, I guess I guess you get to the point where you see a number like that, and we constantly like, okay, what was it up against? What's the reason? But a lot of, we don't really ever talk. They're still number two. Yeah. Yeah. They're still number two. They're still number two, but man, that hurts. That one hurts. Uh, so let's, let's take a look at extreme rules because I I think you agree. Monday night raw was an absolutely terrible show. Tuesday night SmackDown was not very much better. So let's just take a look at what they have scheduled for extreme rules and kind of work our way through the card that way. That's perfect. I love when you do the segments like this. Yes, because there was so much bullshit that I just like Mojo versus No Way Jose. Like, seriously, we've been doing that for three weeks. You want me to talk about that? What the, f- you know, 
come on. So let's uh, let's start things off with uh, uh, Monday Night Raw, otherwise known as Roman Always Wins. Uh, Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley. Uh, Roman Reigns starting off the show, calls out Bobby Lashley, and he ends up getting the show. Uh, Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I, I thought this was one of the better promos out of Dolph Ziggler. Drew McIntyre's just freaking killing it. But I guess the bigger story here is how big of a douchebag is Roman Reigns? I think that's like a rhetorical question, isn't it? I, well, I mean, he just seemed like an over-the-top douchebag this week. Like, even more douchey than normal. I, it's almost like you, you get to the point with him where you wonder how they're writing for him. Like, it, you, is it when they pull it back a little bit, is it actually just like another agent? And then when they think they need to, you know, really push the gas to the floor, that Vince steps in? It, I have a feeling that when he goes over the top like this, this is Vince really controlling that character. Yeah, very much so. The only problem is there's nothing likable about Roman Reigns. Nothing. Not even a little bit at this point. Um, so he's out there. He's running his mouth. Out comes the show. The show start beating up Roman Reigns. We already know Roman Reigns has a match with Bobby Lashley taking on the revival later on in the show. Why wouldn't Bobby Lashley come out here and make the save if for no other reason than to protect his own interest? But no, instead, we of course get Seth Rollins because, number one, the S.H.I.E.L.D. connection, and number two, for some reason, unbeknownst to me, Kurt Angle announces on Twitter two and a half hours before the freaking show starts that we're going to get Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins at Extreme Rules in a 30-minute Iron Man match which is fine and dandy. I look forward to the match. It'll probably be the best match on the show. But why in the hell do you announce this on Twitter? Yeah, you think this is... Even to go back, I mean, why don't you even... Uh, hey, tune in the Raw for a blockbuster announcement about the Intercontinental Championship at Extreme Rules. Yeah, you would think. I mean, you're trying to fill TV time because your TV has been god-awful. You could have done at least, you know, two, three minutes here. Come on. Jesus Christ. It's just so goddamn lazy. Uh, what do you think? Do you like Ziggler versus Rollins in the 30-minute Iron Man match? I mean, it'd probably mean a whole lot more if we hadn't seen these guys wrestle like three times in the last three weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. And it probably would mean a little bit more as well if like we didn't see Rollins every week going 25 minutes. Yeah. I, like a half hour man, like if this was a 60 minute Iron Man match, I'm, it might interest me a little bit more. I'm still sure the match will be fantastic, though. Ziggler has been looking great here lately. Oh, I, it, it, it'll probably be. Hey, you know, this kind of reminds me of I was just reading the interview with Kenny or, or I was reading the, the transcript with Kenny Omega. And it, it kind of reminds because I always get on paint by numbers. Rollins uh, Omega was like, you know what? I want all my matches to look different. I can't tell the same story every time. And immediately I was thinking about Rollins. Like, dude, this is like a jab at him. Yeah, that's great. But I want to see Kenny do it 255 days a year when you find out who your opponent is at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I bet you he starts relying on some signature spots. Oh, I, I, and I understand why WWE does it. It's just with Rollins. It's just, but every week it just kills me. Oh, yeah. No, I understand it. I understand it. Me and Jersey actually had a long conversation about this last night. But... 
the fact of the matter is half the time these guys are finding out what the hell they're doing at two o'clock in the afternoon. They don't even know who in the hell they're working with. So they've just become so reliant on spot monkey, just doing the same thing every week. So you can just interchange it with everybody. It's common knowledge with the WWE style is they, they treat it like if you're going to a concert, you want to hear all the hits from that band. Yep. Yep. I'm you not know, saying it's right, but that's what they do. Staples. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's let's jump over to SmackDown and talk a little bit about the the main event. Team Hell No. Uh, they're they're going to be taking on the Bludgeon Brothers. I think this might actually be the main event of Extreme Rules. Do you think there's a possibility of that? I, oh man, you know now, you know we've got the, the other matches on the card. You, you know you got this Iron Man match. Man, I don't know, Brad. That's a tough one. I think this might be the main event. Uh, so what did you think of the uh, no, yes, no, yes, blah, blah, blah promo? I mean, it, it, like you were, we were just talking about. Uh, in a promo version, this was the greatest hits of Team Hell No. Well, I think that's what they're going with here. I, I don't think they really have a direction for Brian right now. Maybe they don't even – they don't really want to overly invest with him because – Hell, he could be walking here in a, in a couple weeks. Yeah, imagine this. Reports came out yesterday that the WWE is basically playing the Daniel Bryan farewell tour because they don't know if he's going to resign or not. Well, duh, we told you that like two freaking months ago. Just look at the booking. Yeah, that's why we're getting all... I mean, what they go through like a month where it was like first times ever for him. Uh, that you could have actually, you know, if you had him locked up, hell, it was like a year worth of booking in a month. Yep. Yep. Um, so what did you think? Team Hell No versus the Usos. I mean, this is the first time we've seen Team Hell No in what, five years? Has it been that long? I think so. I think it's been five years. Wow. Well, I mean, Brian uh, was out for three. Yeah, I know. I was just trying to think, you know, just just kind of place it all together in my head. Doesn't seem like that long ago, but yeah, you're right. But Hey, again, you know, this is one of, you've got the Usos who, you know, arguably are the greatest WWE tag team of the last decade. Yeah. They actually put that over in commentary too, which was nice to hear. And they're taking on where you've got this great reunion of two of your, your biggest superstars. And I liked Paige putting stakes on the match. If the Usos won, then the match at Extreme Rules would become a triple threat. I thought for sure the Usos were going to win when she said that, though. Well, it gives you that twist. You know, you, you get invested a little bit when you when you got a turn like that. Yep, yep. Very well done. Very well done. Uh, what did you think of Daniel Bryan uh, pointing out all of the things that Kane has done to him in the course of the last five years? I thought that was just fascinating. Like they're actually filling in blanks. They're actually doing detail work that we give them hell for all the time. And Brian's really good at it. I almost wonder if while they're laying this thing out, Daniel Bryan's the one that brings that up. Like, shouldn't I be mentioning this? Like you tried to kidnap my wife. (laughs) We have to address this. I know, but if, if we're thinking about regular WWE fashion, this would have been one of those things like, where they're just like, oh, the fans don't remember that. They don't care about that. They just care that they're reunited. Well, my first thought this adds was like another layer. My first thought was the last time we saw these two guys together, 
Kane choke slammed Brian, like in the dark, like in your mind. Like we didn't see it happen, but we know that's what happened. Well, I'm even going back. What's kind of funny, they're reuniting at Extreme Rules. Remember when Extreme Rules was that pay-per-view after WrestleMania where it came pretty much, they had that, I know there was the forklift involved, but Kane was pretty much trying to murder Daniel Bryan. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. <laughs> you tombstone me on the floor and then on the stairs and then on the announce table. Oh, it was fantastic. I did enjoy that. I did enjoy that. Uh, let's, let's talk about something I did not enjoy this week. My patience is worn out. My patience is worn out. Rick, I'm out on the B team. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Like this was this was great for like two weeks, and now I'm just done with it. I, I, I'm 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 kind of right there with you. You know, going way way back. You know, I've always called they're my guilty pleasure. I love these guys. Uh, I I and I think here's what it was because I always put them over, gave them credit because it was just those the little things that they did so well. But now that they are the focal point, now that they're on the big screen. It's like overkill. Like it's a little too much. Yep. A little too much. Um, but I'm intrigued what in the hell is going to happen here because evidently Bray Wyatt has been injured in a car accident. Did you see this story? Uh, he's at fault, I believe. Correct. Three car, three car accident. That's what they're saying. Now we're not exactly sure what the extent is of uh, Bray Wyatt's injury here. I didn't think that there was any chance that the B team was going to win these titles. Now, I'm not so sure about that. You know, when I when I first heard this story, first thing that came to mind, Jargo, is what we've got going on. If they need a replacement for him, if you know, if he really can't go, is that we will actually get Brother Nero to I'd, fill in. I'd be down for that. I'd be down for that. Of course, we're going to talk about Brother Nero here in, in just a couple of minutes. Um, I, I, I think the bigger question here is, does it really matter? Because no matter who wins this match, you're going to have to eventually face the Authors of Pain. And the way they are building the Authors of Pain, there is nobody on Raw that I can buy beating these guys. Yeah, the, immediately the and I wonder if that's why they're taking the show in a different direction to keep those two to keep them separated. Yeah, because otherwise th that would be the logical feud, obviously. Right. And that think about that. That would be one hell of a match for. Oh man, fun. that'd be physical. I'd love to see that match. I don't know, man. I don't know what they're doing with the AOP, but I mean, like they just basically destroyed. Titus worldwide, just like they did the jobbers a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you put these guys in the ring with Matt Hardy or Bray an injured Bray Wyatt, and they might kill them. Uh, it might be a, a, a whole new, you know, meaning behind broken. Yeah. They're going to break them. I mean, Matt is just, I love Matt Hardy, but man, he is moving slow. And man, he doesn't bend very well at the at the waist. Like those hips are just and, shot. and you know a little a little bit of the act where they've gone with the broken or the woken universe thing. It kind of works with the B team because it's that comedy comedy. I mean, he's going to try to go. Out, you just imagine against the AOP comes out with that laugh trying to do that. They're just going to slaughter him. Yeah, they're just going to destroy him. It's just going to destroy him. 
so let, let, let's talk about uh, uh, one of our, my, my new favorite things to talk with you about because we disagree completely. Uh, Rick, what has Kevin Owens done to Braun Strowman to deserve blue shit? Hey, it goes back to the same thing I've been telling you. Kevin Owens is just a dick. Well, personally, I think Kurt Angle is an idiot because Kevin Owens is making great points to Kurt Angle and Kurt Angle's just like, yeah, I don't care. You're going to go fight Braun. Yeah, I don't really care. You're going to go fight Braun. This match is still not announced for Extreme Rules. I'm starting to wonder if this match is not going to be announced for Extreme Rules. I need Braun Strowman to put the briefcase on the line against Kevin Owens in some kind of a no-disqualification porta-potty match and somehow have Kevin Owens escape with the briefcase. Well, we've got, what, one week? One week. One week. I'm getting worried it's not going to happen. I'm also getting very disappointed with uh, Braun Strowman here because... could you see them stretching that out till SummerSlam? Because doesn't I mean, what do they do with Braun? Well, that's my problem. What are they doing with Braun? Why isn't Braun foaming at the mouth saying, "Where's Brock Lesnar? I got my case." And that's that's. When have they known what they're doing with him? He has they not a, even know. acknowledged that he has the case. And where is Brock Lesnar? It's been what three weeks now since Money in the Bank. He had his one promo, uh, and he he acknowledges it a little bit here and there, but it's not like something of importance to him. He should be coming out there every week. Where's Brock Lesnar? Nope. Nothing. Nothing. So freaking weird, man. I just don't understand the logic. I don't understand what they're doing with Kevin Owens. I, I don't understand. Braun Strowman literally threw a man in a porta potty and then threw it off a stage. And we're sending Bailey and Sasha to counseling? Really? Oh. Yeah, I kind of had the, you know, kind of like you were going back to your sitting there talking about where's, where's Lesnar? Where's Lesnar? If you're talking about Braun, what the Braun we used to know, what really took him to the top of the game, shouldn't he just put everyone on notice? Like, I'm going to murder everyone until Lesnar shows up and I can cash it. Nope. Just Kevin Owens. Just Kevin Owens. Just, uh, just the one guy who tried to be his friend. The one guy. Nope. Fuck that guy. Let's talk about Jeff Hardy versus Shinsuke Nakamura. That's going to be for the United States Championship. Uh, This week, of course, Jeff Hardy pins The Miz. Clean. I was all excited when I heard Miz's music hit. The match was kind of a letdown. And then Hardy just pins him clean. Uh, If you'll recall, this is going back. This is 50-50 booking because, you know, going into Money in the Bank, the Miz pinned him to to get into that match. Just awful, man. Just awful. I like didn't protect the Miz at all. I mean, the Miz can take a loss here and there. I mean, he's the Miz. He's basically Teflon. He's bulletproof at this point. But just to straight up clean to Jeff Hardy, really? Okay. I, a little bit. I'm okay with it because I think it does more for the title. I don't know. I, I I just feel like Jeff Hardy is being overvalued at this point. Well, if you're going to make somebody 
through that, you got to get him and that title elevated because I mean, there's, there's a lot of times you even forget it. It's there. I just, do you feel like Jeff Hardy is a good number three baby face in 2018? Cause that's the role that he's playing right now. He's the number three baby face on SmackDown. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, Jargo. That's that's kind of a stretch. Yeah, I mean, it just it, it, in 2018, I don't know, man. It just it it doesn't feel right. And the, and then for him to get a win over the Miz, who is arguably your 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 one A or one B heel, I, it just doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And then we had uh, Shinsuke Nakamura barking like a dog, which I thought was actually kind of ironic and funny. Did it really work for that much, or was it a little overkill? I think everything. Like really on, stretching. I think everything really on stretching. WWE TV was overkill this week, man. Okay. I'm just trying I, I to turn say, shit into roses, dude. It, it, it kind of <laughs> got me where it was like, okay, now they're just really trying too hard. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm trying to stay positive and turn shit into roses here, but he barked like a fucking dog. AJ Styles versus Rusev for the WWE Championship. This week we had uh, AJ Styles versus Aiden English. And I guess, uh, Rick, I guess the biggest question here is after Rusev's actions over the course of this week, are you still down with the double turn idea or are we clearly back on this Rusev is a heel thing? I'm still going with it. You know, I've been... I did not like the beatdown this week. I did not like the beatdown. No, I I wasn't expecting it. I it did it it did throw me for a swerve there. They, they almost had me, man. They almost had me to where I was like, man, maybe Rick's right. Maybe they are gonna work a double turn here because AJ's kind of being a dick, and Rusev is Rusev, and Aiden and Lana even have been you know kind of doing the baby. Nope, Rusev is a heel. Rusev is a heel. That's that's pretty much what I took away from this week. Like, we are I, back still, on this I'm again. Still going, I'm still going with it. I think we're going to get that, that surprise at Extreme Rules and get that double turn. Oh, very disappointed in Rusev this week. Very disappointed in Rusev. Uh, and, and, and then we have a match that was just announced. Uh, I don't even know if you know that this was announced because it wasn't announced uh, when I put together the run sheet originally. Uh, o- o- overnight or sometime yesterday, I guess, they announced uh, that uh, Finn Balor is going to be taking on Constable Corbin at Extreme Rules. Do you care? Uh, not that I care, but I think that was pretty... I mean, that was the writing was on the wall. Well, yeah, but I, I I feel that way about several of these matches, man. Like, I feel like the writing's on the wall for Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman. I feel like the writing is on the wall for Sasha Banks and Bayley, you know? But, I mean, they already have, like, eight or nine matches announced for this card. Like, how many matches are going to be on this show? I was going to say, well, they got the network. They can run as long as they want. And then you throw in, you know, we know that we're going to get at least one match that's going to occupy when it's all said and done, probably 40 minutes uh, with the entrances and other shenanigans in the Iron Man match. I, I, I'm very much afraid Sasha and Bailey is going to end up being the pre-show match and the whole thing is going to be built around Dr. Shelby. That's, that's unfortunately what I am afraid of. Uh, Finn Balor and Constable Corbin. 
I don't even know anymore, man. I don't even know. Like, I, I love me some Finn Balor, but like the booking of Finn Balor in 2018 has been so fucking bad that I almost just don't care anymore. Well, what's your, what's his count at? How many wins does he have so far? I know you you got the tracker. Three. Three wins. And, and, and I know, Jargo, this is going to it's gonna pain you to hear this. I don't think he picks up a win this time either. I don't either. I don't either. Like, I, I just, I don't get what the hell they're doing with this guy. But I mean, if they're getting to the point where I don't care about him anymore, I'm pretty sure they've already turned off a bunch of fucking people. You know, like at a certain point, and they're going to do it with Rusev too. It's just depressing. Get over this goddamn war on fan shit. Drives me insane. So let's throw it over to the uh, Jersey Mike segment presented by Kleenex. Introducing new softer Kleenex tissues. Now in prettier packages. Sometimes a little change can make a big difference. Kleenex. Softer. Prettier. Okay. Okay. So, uh... Oh, where do I begin? Where do I begin? I guess, I guess let's go with Asuka and Carmella. Um, Carmella, the, the, the female version of Roman reigns to me every time she is on my television, I just find something else to watch because I have no desire to watch anything Carmella is doing, including if it's against Asuka, uh, this week we actually get Asuka versus Ellsworth and they can't even give Asuka a fucking win over James Ellsworth. Like, seriously, what the hell are we doing here? And, and you know, it, it, I was having a lot of fun with this jogger last week. You know, I, I still am into the Ellsworth act. I still pop for him and all that. I, I, I understand all that. But, I mean, either either give me some shenanigans so that Ellsworth beats Asuka or Asuka fucking murders Ellsworth. What they did was just terrible. That's what I was going to say. It, it literally, it should have been her just, just fucking killing him. Just awful just like awful immediate, like, stuff like they like they walk out to the middle of the ring and she just slaps on the armbar armbar or something like that and then we get again with this bullshit one kick from carmella and oscar's out i mean come on dude like everything about this like we talk about 50 50 booking this is 100 zero carmella oscar hasn't gotten one up at any point in this entire thing I don't get it. So, so do you think it comes back around or is it still, they just really want to hammer home that mellows money. I don't know what the fuck they're doing, man. I, I did like the entire women's division at this point. That's very much the way I feel. I mean, let, let's talk about what's going on on Monday night. Raw. We have Alexa bliss versus Ronda Rousey. No, we have Alexa bliss versus Nia Jax. And the focus here is on the fact that Ronda Rousey is currently suspended from Raw, even though Renee Young has a sit-down interview with Ronda Rousey via WWE.com that we show on Monday Night Raw. And the big selling point for the Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax match is Ronda Rousey is buying a ticket and sitting in the front row. Boy, that really gets me to want to tune in and watch it. Yeah, this is pretty pathetic. Uh, and. and- you know what? It was actually it was it it was okay with the suspension because they got to get Ronda away from everyone else. 
that made sense. I understand uh, that. But when you come back, no, but when you come back and you just double down and and kind of just slap yourself in your own face with, you know, just even the other talents like immediately going to Twitter and leaking, oh, she's still at house shows because of uh, for the fans and contractual like obligations and things like that. And then you got something like this, something like that interview. It defeats the whole purpose of the suspension. Yeah. And completely defeated the entire purpose. It was just so goddamn stupid. There, and th- that was the problem with this week. You know, all five hours. It was just so goddamn stupid. Oh. And then we have then we have this other thing. Sasha Banks and Bailey pay a visit to Dr. Shelby. If anybody out there was looking forward to this program and your faith is not completely gone after this Monday night, there is no hope for you. None. You may just stop. What, what was the, what's the word on the street? What's, what was the vibe from the wrestling circles we run in? I mean, what, what were the takes? This is awful. Even Jersey Mike thought this was awful. I mean, he was trying like hell to defend it. And I told him, I was like, dude, it's okay to say that it was awful. And he's like, dude, you're right. It was awful. This was it, awful. It, I was saying, I know we were building up to this moment. We're inside the Jersey Mike segment. And it's almost like they broke him. I mean, when Jersey Mike can't get into it and you have Sasha and Bailey. Two of his favorites. His number one and his number two. I mean, there, there's a problem there, man. You know, I mean, when Jersey Mike is putting down the five hours of WWE programming this week, Jersey Mike enjoyed 205 Live more than Monday Night Raw or Tuesday Night Live SmackDown. And he doesn't watch 205 Live. Like, there is a serious problem here. And I don't understand. And you see it in the numbers. It's not just Jersey Mike. It's not just me. And it's not just you. You see it in the ratings. 1.45. Get the fuck out of here. The sad thing is you called this from the get-go. This whole counseling thing was just to get that that run in at extreme rules. Oh, it's so bad, man. It's so bad. Just to get that interaction with Dr. Shelby team. Hell no. And in the, for an, in a roundabout way, they are, they're disrespecting what you should have had as, as a good program. Cause you've had all this slow burn towards it with Sasha and Bailey. And now it's just a side attraction. If they would have built this program, right. This could have been the main event in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, not anywhere else in the country. But in Brooklyn for SummerSlam, this could have been your main event program. And instead, it's going to be a pre-show match that is set up all around Dr. Shelby, Daniel Bryan, and Kane running into each other backstage so that they can play that greatest hit one more time, too. It's just Awful, dude. Just awful. So let's let's go ahead and throw it over to the break. I ran through that as fast as I possibly could. That might be the fastest WWE review that we have ever done. 
Uh, Let's throw it over to the break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to do a brand new show. And it's going to be called Hitting the Lion Marks, and we're going to talk some New Japan Pro Wrestling coming to us from San Francisco, California. We'll be right back. Here we are, mate. Hey, I am, I'm, yeah, I'm excited for segment two, man. This is going to be a fun, a fun show to hype up. We'll be right back again.
So that was Baby Metal with their song Karate off the album Metal Resistance. Rick, I know you're a big fan of Baby Metal. Oh, yeah. Turned you on to them a while ago here on the show. Baby, baby Metalhead. Speaking of Baby Metalheads, Quinn's a Baby Metalhead. She freaking loves those guys. Uh, baby Metal, of course, coming to us from the land of the rising sun, as is segment two, as it's time to once again talk some New Japan Pro Wrestling. This time coming to us from the Cow Palace in San Francisco, California. This show coming to us live tomorrow on Access TV. That's Direct TV, channel 340, if you're a Direct TV subscriber like myself. Also on Access TV tomorrow, Saturday, if you're listening to us on a delay, starting at noon Eastern time, just for you, Huckleberry, leading up to the event, they will be running an eight-hour marathon hosted by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, giving you the full backstory of all the matches featured on this card, as well as some incredible action. Huckleberry, you excited for this one? I'm ready for this, man. I think this is gonna uh, this could be a fun show, and it's gonna kick off uh, a, a lot of just great action, not just for New Japan, but everything surrounding that. You know, with, with Bullet Club, with All In, with Ring of Honor, uh, so much going on in this circle. I was talking to Jersey last night, and he's like, "You excited for Extreme Rules?" And I was like, "Nope, <laughs> not even a little bit." He's like, well, we can just kind of get past Extreme Rules to get to SummerSlam. And I was like, guess what? I don't care about the build to SummerSlam either because I will be watching the G1. Don't give a shit about what's going on in the WWE when the G1 is going on. That's that's just kind of how I feel about it. it it's, it's so sad, too, because it's, you know, we think SummerSlam is, is number two with WWE. But it, it never has that feel like you, like on the road to WrestleMania. Nope. Nope. Nope, I'm sure that the build will be incredibly underwhelming and we'll know all the matches about two weeks in. I can just read the results and watch the G1. Uh, so let's talk about the G1 special in San Francisco. Uh, show is going to start off with uh, that annoying bastard, Rocky Romero, and his uh, wonderful blaster cannon, as it's going to be the team of Chaos, Yoshihashi, Gato, Rocky Romero, Show and Yo, Rapungi 3K, taking on the OGs of the Bullet Club, King Haku, I mean, you talk about an OG, King Haku, Tamatonga, Tangaloa, Yujiro Takahashi, and Chase Owens. Rick, I think this is going to be a lot of fun for the opening match. Oh, I, I think, you know, the crowd's just going to be so excited behind it. And it, it, it doesn't really sound like over the top, but you want those familiar names. You want, you want to really get that excitement going uh, for the Western audience when it comes to New Japan. And someone like, like Haku is going to set that place on fire. Yeah. Between Haku, Tamatanga and Tangaloa. I mean, the Tokyo pimp and Chase Owens. Yeah, they will be there too. But I mean, this is really about gorillas of destiny and King Haku. That's, that's really what it comes down to. But yet, there's one thing to take into consideration here. Um, number one, it is a new Japan show and chaos is obviously the strongest faction inside of new Japan. When you have Gato as a member of the faction and also the lead booker. Although I do expect Gato to take the pin here. It would not at all surprise me to see Rocky Romero score a pinfall on like a, a Yujiro Takahashi or a Chase Owens. Rocky Romero is over huge in California. If you remember his, his career really kicked off at championship wrestling from Hollywood. Uh, I, I could see that. I could see them going that direction, but you know, you're talking uh, about, you know, which is the stronger faction, what's going on there. 
But when you come to the West, you really want to get that vibe going in a show. I can see Bullet Club going over big time here. I expect Bullet Club to go over, but I would not be at all surprised to see Chaos go over. Uh, then we have a, a, another match of, of Chaos and Suzuki Goon. Uh, this one a tag match. Toro Yano and Tomohiro Ishii, one of Rick's favorites, the Stone Pitbull, taking on two more of Rick's favorites, Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr., uh, now, I don't know if you were aware of this one, Rick. There's been a, a bit of a new development here. Uh, Minoru Suzuki has defeated Tomohiro Ishii to become the British heavyweight champion. These two guys are just beating the hell out of each other all over the world, and I expect tomorrow night is going to be no different. I was going to say, you know, that is news to me. I did not know that he beat him for the championship. Uh, but you're right, you know, my as you were setting this thing up, is there a continent these two haven't just beat the shit out of each other on? Um, I don't think they've made it to Antarctica yet, but I'm sure that the penguins would love to see it. I was going to say, I, they, hey, they'll take it everywhere. Yeah. They'll, I mean, they'll take it everywhere. These two guys are just beating the crap out of each other on the undercard. I This has the potential to steal match of the night, which sounds ridiculous considering Toro Yano, that stupid bastard. He's going to be over freaking huge in San Francisco. It's going to make me freaking sick. I hope that Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki put him in like a double submission and just make him scream until his like eyes pop out of his head. I was going to say, I, I, I think this that's probably your fall. I think the owner is going to tap out somewhere to Sabre in this thing, but you are right. And I know it drives you absolutely crazy. It, it, it actually... It, it kind of it brings a smile on my face how crazy you go over this damn thing because uh, they absolutely love him there and you cannot figure out why. Stop cheering, Toro Yano. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, then we have. Uh, I thought this was a little bit interesting just because of the way this thing is built. Taguchi Japan, and representing Taguchi Japan, you have Kushida, who we know is a member of Taguchi Japan, and then you have. The ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, evidently pleading allegiance to Taguchi Japan, which is bizarre to me, taking on Hangman Page and Marty Skrull. I want to say Bullet Club goes over here, but I'm pretty sure Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to get the win. How do you see this thing ending then? I, I, I kind of agree, I agree with you. And as, you're, as we're looking at this card, and you can't really have Bullet Club just go over in every one of these things. Uh, but, man, it, it's tough to go against Marty and Paige here. Is, I'm looking, uh, I don't have the blocks right in front of me. Oh, there they are. Uh, which block? Hangman Page and Hiroshi Tanahashi are in the same block in the G1. Okay, so we get a setup here. I think we get a setup here. I think we get a setup here. I'm going with Tanahashi over Hangman. And then Hangman, is that one of the big wins that Hangman gets in this thing? I think in, so. In the G1? I think so. I like that. I like that. That that would be a huge win for Hangman. A huge win. Uh, then, then we have Hiroki Goto defending the Never Openweight Championship against Jeff Cobb. Uh, I don't think that there's any chance that the Roman Reigns of Japan, Hiroki Goto, is going to lose this championship in San Francisco, but it's really nice to see Jeff Cobb in a feature match like this. Well, I think the crowd's really going to be hot for this thing, uh, especially for the area there, but I, I think you're right. You know, the champ's going to retain. 
Hashtag booed out the building. Hiroki Goto. Do your job, San Francisco. Do your job. Uh, then the card starts getting a little bit more interesting as we have the Young Bucks defending the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships against Los Ingobernables de Japón. Uh, Evil and Sonata. This, of course, uh, a rematch for LIJ looking to get back the heavyweight tag team gold. I don't think there's any chance in hell that the Bucks are dropping these titles in California. I was going to say this one, you could pretty much, uh, you know, just go ahead and cash the check. The Bucks are going to retain here. This pretty much puts, um, puts the X champs gone, right? I mean, you would think, but it also gives both of these guys are in the G one. So it gives them a chance to refocus as single stars going into the G one. So it makes complete sense. Okay. So we know where the challengers where they're going to end up going. They're going to go back towards their singles run. Uh, they're going to refocus in the G1. But Again, as, I, I, I've asked you this a couple of times. Who do we see emerge? Or are we going to get that moment where would the next challengers show themselves? Absolutely. I, I, I am with you 100% on this one with Papa Haku in the house. I think you're going to see G.O.D. come out and challenge the Bucks for those titles. Man, that's going to be really interesting. Where do you see that thing going down at? Um, hmm. That could be a G1 final. That could be a G1 final. That'd be nice on the undercard there, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. That would be a great match to see. Uh, then we have uh, one of the more intriguing matchups on this show, Chaos. Kazuchika Okada and Will Ospreay taking on Los Ingobernables de Japón. Nato and Bushi. Uh, now we we all know Bushi's taking the pinfall here, but you know what I would do, Rick? I would have Bushi get the win. Who? Who? On who? On Okada. That's wow. what I would do. That's that's a pretty bold statement, there, my friend. That's what I would do. It seems like we're we're, we're in this phase where I think Okada is going to lose a whole bunch of matches here. And I think you are going to see the distraught champion. And I don't even think I don't even think Okada can beat Bushi. Wow, that that is a bold statement because hey, Bushi's your he's your pinfall guy, right? I mean, if he's in a match, that's where your money goes. That he's taking that fall somewhere. So you really think you you're really going with this Okada? They're just going to completely tear him down. Wouldn't the Marks just lose their minds if Bushi pinned Okada? I mean, if you want a talking point coming out of this show, wouldn't that be a statement to have Bushi be the one to pin Okada in this match? In in turn, couldn't that be too where everyone around Okada is just kind of like, dude, you're done. You You lost it. Yep. Yep. And that's what starts the chaos civil war. Mm, I like it. I like it. Let's go with that. I'm going with Bushi over Okada. Although I'm Pretty sure Bushi's taking the pinfall in this match. Uh, then we have what I think is going to be the match of the night. And, and I, I don't think that you're going to disagree with me in any way, shape, or form. If you want pure professional wrestling, and that's what you like, this is the match for you. Hiromu Takahashi defending the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship against his longtime blood feud rival, Dragon Lee. 
yeah, this one's going to be fun. This is if if you're a fan of uh, I don't even want to call this a dot dot dot, but this that high flying. If, if, if you're a fan of intensity, intensity, right. just straight up, these two guys hate one another. Absolutely hate one another. I'm intrigued to see how the crowd responds to Dragon Lee. I think he's going to be over huge. I think I think you're going to see, you know, one of the, the pops of the night. The the support's going to be there for him. It's going to be it's going to be a great showing for him. I am really excited for this match. That is hands down my match of the night. I think I think when this thing is all said and done, there might be a couple more important matches on this show. But that's the one I'm looking at. That's going to steal this show. Uh, then we have Jay White versus Juice Robinson for the United States Championship. So we have a person from New Zealand taking on an American man for a Japanese United States Championship in San Francisco, California. It's really not that hard. I, I really think Jay White's going to get the win here, but God, I hope Juice Robinson does. It, it, he is coming. Juice is coming in with so much intensity. For anyone that hasn't heard, go find that promo uh, that he cuts it to set this thing up. I think you're going to see Juice go right to the limit. He's going. This might be a performance of the night, but like you said, just probably just come up short. If I'm going to have Bushi go over Okada, Jay White's got to win, right? Jay White's got to win. That's my logic. Jay White's got to win. Then we have the main event of the week. Uh, the only thing I would hold back on, if you're going to have Okada go, you know, if he's going to put someone over I, to, to get that civil war going in chaos, you got to keep white hot. No pun intended there. Yeah, exactly. So, so white's got to get the win. Okada takes the loss to Bushi. Jay white basically lays claim to chaos. I like that story, especially with those two facing off night one of the G one. That's going to be that's going to be an interesting match. I'm looking forward to that. And then we have the main event. Kenny versus Cody. Any chance that Cody don't call him Rhodes is taking this championship because I've got it at 0.0000001%. I, I I'd even go lower than that. It's going to be it's at the end of this match at the end of the evening. It is going to be a, a tough 10 last days for Cody Rhodes. I do find it intriguing. Uh, did you see this tweet from Kenny Omega? What's he got? Kenny has raised the stakes. Kenny has raised the stakes. Kenny says, for the biggest prize in New Japan Pro Wrestling, for leadership of the Bullet Club, it finally ends one last match. Now, are we going to believe that, though? Because, you know, Kenny's, like you said, Kenny's going to get this match, Jarko. Kenny's going to get this one, so we kind of need that rubber match, don't we? That leaves him at one and one. That leaves him at one and one. I don't think I don't think that Cody can let that go at one and one. But the question is, when do you do it? That, that's another good point. You know, where is this thing going to fall in here? I think this is all about, you know, if I've been saying, this is all about a bigger story with Cody about him just really breaking. Uh, he, he needs to kind of evolve 
going in the all-in. I think we're going to get a totally different Cody Rhodes here in the next couple of months. I think we're going to get a completely different Cody Rhodes too. And you know what I think we're going to get? I think at the end of the night, at least for now, Bullet Club is fine. At least for now, Bullet Club I, is I, fine. I, I, I think we're. I think you're exactly right. We're going to get probably like a nice moment. I think. I think this ends with a re- reconciliation. Uh, but, but how long does that last? Will be the question. Of course, of course. Um, also, of course, Rick and I will be reviewing this show Monday in the locker room. Hackerhameen.podbean.com. Huckleberry, this is a short show, one hour and fifteen minutes or so. This might be the yeah. shortest show that we have ever done. Right around there. Uh, you know, we've, we've got a, a special record time. We usually re- release on Friday morning. Uh, thank you, sir, for, for working with my schedule so that we could get this thing out uh, a little bit later. But sitting here on a Friday. Uh, but, yeah, I think it was a good run, man. Yeah, I think it was a tight show. Hell, the locker room sh- shows are normally longer than this one. What the hell? Let's Let's just wrap this thing up and go home. So that's going to wrap things up for RBV and I this week. Thanks for tuning in. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Be sure to catch Rick and I this Monday in the locker room over at hackerhameen.podbean.com. This Wednesday, you'll be able to find me over at One Wrestling Video for another episode of This is NXT. As I break down all of the action from over the course of the week, visit our friends over at thegorillaposition.com as they tell the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks, email us at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. Of course, you can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. RBV, where do the lovers and the haters send your fan mail? Well, I'm going to keep it uh, short and sweet. You can find me across all social media at the real RBV. Uh, just a reminder, I know Jargo hit on his show there, but you can also catch me on one wrestling video Tuesday nights with Big Ray Smack Talk. Shout out to Big Ray Hernandez. He's got to be happier than a pig in shit. He heard me say something about Kyrie Irving going to the New York Knicks. He is so happy right now. It ain't going to happen. He's going to stay in Boston. That's what's going to happen. Boston's going to dominate the Eastern Conference for the next freaking decade. He's coming home to the land. It's not even home. He's not from Cleveland. This isn't LeBron James. Season 2, episode 27. That's a wrap for now. We're off like a prom dress. See ya. Watch your fingers. Enable me. I don't give a Story of the